Hello there, and welcome to the Cargo Bay A Star Wars Conversation Podcast being transmitted to you from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I am Brady C. here with my co-host, as always, Adam B. How's it going, BC, on this chill evening record? It's a... It's a very chill evening record. It's 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 nighttime, which is a little different for uh for our, our recent recording schedule. Uh so uh you know, settle, settle in for the cool late night tones of the cargo bay. Yeah, it's way past my bedtime, so I may be a little quiet this episode. I'm lying. I don't go to bed until 6 or 7 p.m. <laughs> um, I just got a headache. That late? That late? Yeah, I mean, you know, I work hard, and sometimes you gotta burn that 7 p.m. oil. Well, sometimes you do gotta burn the 7 p.m. oil, and then and then you're out of oil, you know, for the rest of the month, and you gotta go get some more oil. Yeah, this is the problem. And if you if you run out of oil, how are you supposed to fall asleep? It's dark and it's too scary. So then you're just stuck I, staying up into the wee hours. Yeah, I mean, you, you could be up till. Heck, eight or nine o'clock. <laughs> What's the latest you've ever stayed up, BC? Have you ever made it to midnight before? Whoa! What, what am I crazy? <laughs> um, no, I was like, uh, I was last night was probably the latest I've been up for a while, which was past the past the hour of midnight, which was woohoo! Ooh, let me tell you, wild. Dangerous. Uh, yeah, I mean my because my. Uh, you know, my work schedule shifted several months ago from being a, a, a night owl to being a day owl. Uh, so <laughs> instead of getting off work at uh, 11, 11 o'clock at night, uh, I'm getting off work at uh, like uh, 4.30 in the afternoon. So did like a complete schedule shift. So, uh, you know, I I enjoy the the finer the finer moments of, of getting into bed at like 9.30 now. Oh, so I can... Nice be well rested to to work my job for the uh for the empire you turned a uh you turned from a great horned owl into a burrowing owl from nocturnal exactly. to diurnal yeah yes thank you i was struggling to think of those contrasting types of owls so yeah. thank you for that i appreciate you You're Come, coming in with the save there for me well, uh, the last time I stayed up super late, BC, was to uh, catch the new episode of Mando. Because uh, I might have been telling some fibs earlier. I'm a late night, late night boy. And uh, I generally stay up until, uh, usually the episodes drop around 1150, 1155 mm. PST. A few oh, so minutes get, like a little, midnight. Well, you get a little like a little early. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. yeah I've. I've I've never successfully made it up to the release time because I'm I'm at the uh, the central time zone, so it'd be like one fifty my time. I'm just going, I'll catch it in the morning. No, nah, yeah, that's a that's a stretch. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had a, an interesting episode of of Mando BC. Uh, interesting is uh, one qualifying adjective. Yeah, I have. Uh, I, 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 let I'm me under just the impression that you have some feelings about it. <laughs> I just, I yeah, I do, uh, and and I'll be happy to to share all of them. I just want to ask, what was the was the staying up? Did uh, was it worth it for this episode of Mandalorian in your in your estimation? Oh yeah, it's it's always worth it for a Star War. I'd say you know the 
The first time we got scooters in the book of Boba Fett, I went to bed a little sad after that episode, you know. Um, like, I, I'm going to go sleep that one off. Yeah, and I had to, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I had a good time by the time I was going to sleep. I enjoyed myself. Yeah, I don't know if I enjoyed myself as much for this episode. Um because I, I woke up, this was, it was early, so I, got, I was up early, uh, so it was before a work day, and I saw that the runtime on this was uh, longer than yeah. our, our other two episodes by, by a bit of longest, a stretch. the longest Mando of all time, perhaps? I haven't it's, checked, but it seems like yeah, it. It's, it's got to be in the, the top three, at least, um, I would imagine. Um, and so part of my viewing experience was was being up early for work and I uh, was like, oh, well, I'll put on some Manda before I go to work because I can usually get get an episode in. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'll be able to make this one. Yeah. Um, but I, I played on nonetheless. And uh, I was a kind of surprised, I think, by the episode that we got, which is uh, largely the uh, the adventures of Dr. Pershing. Hey, I was waiting for it, BC. I knew yeah. my man Pershing was going to be an important character oh. someday. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, you know, he with those sort of specs and character design, how how could we not be bringing him back for yeah. more? Yeah, but did did you have comms officer as uh, no. as one of your dark horses for return characters? No, I didn't. So uh, you know, warning out there, we're going to go full spoilers uh, as we always do, uh, talking. Mando and I, I will say after the episode was over, late though it was, I did go back and rewatch chunks of season two to be like, why does this comms officer um why does she hate <laughs> Pershing so much? Like I don't understand right. <laughs> like what her motives yeah. are. Um Yeah. Uh so I, I don't I, I, I also she is this character is never gendered in the show. Uh presents right. somewhat androgynously um but in a way yeah. where i was like this is going to be all over the internet as people like you know posting pictures and being like oh my gosh this character is so hot <laughs> because uh they have on like the the han solo like type outfit later um yeah um and on their the actress is, is their covert mission <laughs> yeah yeah she's got some muscles yeah. um so i thought that yeah. that would go crazy but yeah to my knowledge comms officer uh i will be referring to her as a her for the episode uh even though i checked on my second rewatch they never say she or her um so i don't know but i'm going yeah. to make an assumption apologies if i'm incorrect yeah i, I didn't i was i was curious about that there was because i i not just finished but uh as of i don't know about half hour ago finished rewatching and and don't don't recall any any gendering in there which you know uh whatever um yeah, I think for me, uh, comms officer, uh, I remember most as uh, one of the autograph inserts from uh, Mandalorian season two. Yes, the, uh, incredible received tops uh, set from season two. A lot um, of stellar signatures of the comms officer as well. Yeah, so you, you're gonna see your uh, your comms officers. Lots of lots lots of Doctor Pershing autos out there. So uh, you know, my Pershing autos that's going straight to the. I've got a one of ten. Dr. Pershing Auto, uh, skyrocketing prices, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, retirement fund, here we come. Um, but yeah, I guess let's just, we can kind of dive into into what this episode was. Which, yeah. you know, at, at, at the beginning, we, we pick up where we're essentially right where we left off with uh, 
uh, Bo-Katan uh, hanging out with Mando, who's still sleeping off his dive to the bottom of the the living waters. Uh, after he's he's been fully redeemed, but we're there, we're redeemed. We we collected some water samples uh, as proof. We're gonna we're gonna head off off of Mandalore. Uh, yeah, Bo-Katan. Uh, Bo-Katan. Hey, did you see that mythosaur down there? No, okay, yeah. I'm gonna keep that to myself. This uh, she's still gonna, got that power uh, hunger in her. She's <laughs> gonna hold on to that information about the mythosaur. Did you uh, see anything down there? No, cool. <laughs> just checking. Like what? A mythosaur? No, 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 no. Just anything in general? Any flora, fauna might that you might want to report on? Um. So yeah, she she's still firmly holding on to that uh, piece of information in her yep. back pocket uh, for. Presumably, when she's going to try to tame the mythosaur and ride it and challenge the throne uh, yeah. at some point. Um, but we head back to uh, Kalavala, I believe is how we're pronouncing uh, where, where, where uh, Bokatan's uh, ancestral castle is. Yes. Um, and on the way, wouldn't you know it, some we got some tough tie interceptors. <laughs> yes, we do. My main complaint with this episode, BC, <laughs> is Mando has a line that boy, these tie interceptors are tougher than the other ones or tougher than regular ties tougher to hit than regular t- ties uh, is what that script should have read they are not tougher <laughs> that is i have never read any source um that you know unless of course they also at some point say that's a lot of ties for one imperial warlord which i think is a hint of like that's thrawn's fleet so maybe thrawn does some, have some beefed yeah. up tie interceptors but uh it did it didn't make me scratch my head as still like come on now we know tie interceptors are fast and flimsy. That's how they work. Yeah, uh, they're uh, a worthy challenge for our in one starfighter, but uh, not really because once Mando gets in that thing, does a little airdrop. I like that he skids across uh, the platform like Django. Um, when yeah, he lands. Uh, yeah, and then they do some uh, the bed. Uh, that's going to be the better of the two landings that we'll, I will be referencing okay. uh, when we talk about this episode. <laughs> okay. um, um, uh, the other one is much funnier to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we we dispense of of these original Tie Fighters. Bo's in her ship with Grogu and R five. Mando's hopped in the N one, uh, and then we're heading back. And and wouldn't you know it, potentially just just a diversion. For these tie bombers that are are wrecking the ancestral home of Clan Kree's, I love, uh, I love seeing and, tie uh, bombers. Uh, so that was a that was a victory for me. Get rid of that oh, castle. Always... I'm tired of sitting around in there. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't doing a lot for me, and and honestly, not a lot of Mandalorian architecture's been doing a lot for me <laughs> yeah. uh, lately at this point. But uh, yeah, so it's it's pretty much laid to waste, um, and. Uh, you know, Bo's gonna. She's gonna take out one of those bombers. She's she's going headstrong in the fight, and and then like a thousand more interceptors pop up, and and old Din Djarin's like, we we gotta get out of here. And I got some coordinates, and you're gonna love where I'm gonna take you <laughs> to. Uh, so they zap right out of there. That's the cold intro, and then we're gonna pop <laughs> into the the amazing adventures of Doctor Pershing. Yeah, it's a totally different um, episode of TV stuck in the middle of these two bookends. Yeah. I, it's it's not as I don't think it's as shocking as an episode of an episode of the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett, but right. it's up there. 
Yeah, it, um, is an, it is an attempted episode of Andor in the middle of... Yeah, of, of yeah, no, yeah, it is diet Andor uh, is, is kind of what we end up getting here. But I, I, I did want to uh, ask you, do you think at any point Favreau thought about, you know, for the first three episodes for the title card, just changing the name of the show to The Apostate? <laughs> and then after he was redeemed, doing it back to the Mandalorian. That'd be good. I would have liked that for it. He doesn't. We uh, on this I week's episode of the Apostate. But Favreau, spoiler for the end, uh, does get to say apostate several times. That's his character. Oh yeah, we 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 get a couple. There's a couple good ones in there, which is exciting. Um, you are both apostates. Uh, so you're an apostate, and you're an apostate. You're all apostates. Uh, it's just funny to me. Um, I don't know why I keep harping on it. It's a, it's a fantastic word, but it's like, how many times do I have to hear this? Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, well, let's dive into what what this episode is, which is which is the adventures of Doctor Pershing coming into the the New Republic, fresh out of his his you know reintegration program into society, where I guess you know formal former Imperial soldiers officers scientists what have you are are, are sort of being deprogrammed yes, and repurposed the amnesty, uh program yes with with wonderful uh public housing mm-hmm. uh, for those liquor who have, rations um yeah. yeah liquor liquor rations all around and a little baby food jars which yeah. is nice um, um uh, our friend mike from normies like us as he was watching that sent me a screenshot of that and said coming soon to galaxy's edge here's the here's yeah. the new liquor bottles <laughs> yeah. like yeah yeah it it uh, you know you can you can sell all of this stuff um and don't think that the kids aren't clamoring for dr pershing action <laughs> figures after this episode um because surely they will be yeah, we um, open. But, he does a little TED talk. He's doing a talk yeah, about say, how yeah. I used to do bad research. Now I'm glad to be able to contribute to the New Republic. And and generally, what we get from this episode is just kind of some world building around what happened. To all these Imperials, you know, once the New Republic took over, and we've got a little bit of a look inside of the New Republic on Coruscant. Um, is like I think Which, that's the biggest thing we get out of the episode. At least it was for me. It, is like it was like oh cool. I like that we're looking at something weird. Uh, yeah, I I mean in in theory I like that we're doing something like this. You know what I mean? I, anytime we take those, uh, you know, the road less traveled in an episode of Star Wars is is always the kind of the stuff that I really respond to. I and I I guess I'm still processing why I haven't responded to this as much i think it's just the execution largely for me is that because it does feel so much like it is it is trying to be cut of the same cloth as what andor is and it it falls so so much shorter in the execution than than anything andor has done um i mean it's it's interesting in the sense that i do like some of the world building we are exploring you know, some some kind of new territory. But I think part of it is also like we're we're bridging a gap from the end of a, an era of Star Wars that I really love to an era of Star Wars that I'm kind of like indifferent about at this point. Yeah. You know, it's like how, how are we going the to sequel trilogy? How how are we going to go from the new republic to the first order? And it's like 
Uh, probably the same way that all these regime things happen, you know, before. Um, so, yeah, I, I think part of it has just been my, my pushback has been the execution of it. I, I like the idea in theory. And at first when I saw I was like, oh, we're going to this weird like Dr. Pershing on Coruscant sort of world. You know, he's he's being reintegrated into society. How are how how is the infrastructure dealing with all of these former, you know, imperial officers, soldiers, you know, uh, loyalists, I guess. How are we handling that? And then from an infrastructure perspective, I'm like, it's kind of interesting. And we see, you know, it's 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 going to your uh, your nine to five and sorting through data entry things. And it's meeting with your parole droid. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, answering your parole droid questions. Um, but I don't know. I just didn't. I didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't super impressed by it, and we can continue with with the actual plot of it. But uh, did you think? Did you feel the execution of this was was particularly good, or was it compelling? No, I, I didn't feel like it was super smooth execution. Aside from on a a visual and production design level, um, I think the show does it does a great job. Like it's fun to it was fun to look at aside from some weirdness with light up popsicles. Uh but like whatever, have have your light up popsicles. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's fine yeah. with me. Um but for me it was really just the ending was weird. Um and the first time I watched mm-hmm. it I watched it late at night and I'm always way harsher on performances um in my first watch. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. thought the performances weren't very good. When I rewatched it, I was like, no, oh, everybody's doing a good job here. I think that the script isn't amazing and the ending is really weird. Uh, but for me, I was just so excited to see a post, you know, original trilogy Coruscant and any kind mm-hmm. of depth uh, that I was right. like, this is really fun. Like, this is great. I love seeing this because I've read so many EU books about how crappy the New Republic is and, you know, like the the growing pains of that. It was like, all right, I'm glad we're taking a swing, even if we're not going to hit the ball. <laughs> like, all right, I'll, I'll yeah. go there. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I thought it was I thought it was kind of silly. And we'll talk about the ending when we get there, I guess. But it wasn't Andor for me, but maybe one episode you know, out of context of Andor wouldn't be quite as exciting either because that show is really about the the three episode arcs the, and then like yeah, the way it all right. ties together and is is beautiful. And this seemed like kind of a hasty, like, how do we make kind of a drama from here to here? <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, I mean, this if this is like the um, I don't know if it, if it's the the foundation for something else going forward i think it's a it's a it's a starting point right like it's it's an interesting enough starting point to take us completely out of the world of of the mandalorian and drop us into this world of the new republic and and rebuilding and and governing and you know i don't know uniting the galaxy under whatever this is it's it's a start and i think it's interesting enough it, it I, I don't know the the comms officer and Dr. Pershing of it was kind of jarring to me because like, oh, I do recognize her as the comms officer yeah. from like, but I, but only from an autograph set, right? Like I know, I remember nothing about her character. Well, I appreciate like I said, going I back, and, back and, and looking at it. I tried to find and, anything about it that would indicate like 
she right. was maybe already a rebel agent when she was in there. Or right. Like, no, we literally get like that one line that they flash back to at the beginning of the episode. Right. The, that's the entirety like, of the footage. That's and pretty much probably it. some cut yeah. footage. Yeah. yeah. Like this extended footage of her in costume from from last season. Um, because I mean the 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 thread of what happens here is you know they they know each other from from both being part of Moff Gideon's crew, uh-huh. um, so you know he he comments pretty quickly of like oh it's surprising to see someone who is also hanging out with he's kinda, Moff G he's kind of grossed out by it even though if you look at Pershing's history he did do terrible things to people in his research. He was always presented as like kind of an influenceable, like oh, I will, we shouldn't kill the baby. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, "Gross, you're from Moff Gideon ship. I'm a good boy now." <laughs> you know. Yeah, he does come across a lot softer in this, I guess, as part of the coming out of the rehabilitation program that he came out of. Um, but you know, you, it, it, as part of his TED talk, he talks about you know why he wanted to become a scientist is. You know, is his mother dying from heart failure and and what, you know, cloning could have done for organs and why my research is really important. And Uh maybe we shouldn't, you know, push all that good imperial work aside, you know, um, like the U.S. did with Nazi scientists, Uh Um, (laughs) you know, I mean, uh, so uh, it, it, it had that kind of. Like, hey, I'm, I'm, it softened him a lot, I felt like, um, from what he previously was, which was interesting for him to play, but it was kind of like, oh, I guess this is, is, he, is he hard? Who, I, who he is at his core. Yeah, I, fe- I felt like I never saw him do something intimidating in the show. Like, he was always just kind of at I, the, the whim of his superiors. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, think I, his I don't, history I did, is he was pioneering like creepy ass experiments, you know, Nazi. Yes, experiments. There, it wasn't just like cloning; it was like uh, torturous cloning or something. Like right? That. Yeah, not not. Yeah, it wasn't evil, nefarious person. It, it was very much science, but it was like, oh, this is maybe some highly unethical shit that he was doing, and he's, and it's all part of like, no, this was just really good research that I had going on, and we shouldn't <laughs> we shouldn't get rid of it. Um, so the thrust of the episode is like, hey, you know, maybe maybe I could still continue to do some of that research. What do you think, G68? Because uh, they have numbers, and that was that was the comms officer's number. And, uh, you know, they're kind of like, yeah, you know, if it's for the good of the, the New Republic, then I don't I don't see what's stopping us. And it, it, it leads them on this sort of adventure, right, of like, oh, we're going to go to the Imperial Shipyard and, and visit the labs, and we can get your lab equipment so you can do your cloning experiment which is outlawed and uh, not authorized but you know if you think it's for the good of the new republic then sure let's go do that um all, all leading to uh, a a big old twist twist ending um but before we do get there um as, as part of the the journey to this disposal yard yeah. as this this uh spy thriller train sequence uh-huh. that we we have to talk about um <laughs> because i thought this was really not great um happy togs day uh, togs days am i right can't um you, can't you see the scene being done in obi-wan 10 times worse though like that yeah. was my feeling is like this is generic and bad but it is still being executed like I watched Obi Wan so many times because I made a fan edit, right? Because you, you did the edit, and because I had fun watching the show. But right, 
I feel like I have this armor on now of like this stuff can be pretty bad and I'm still like oh this kind of competent like I, I don't know you know like uh it is the but it like, is the standard train sequence it's like this adventure is just a video game uh you know like I mean it opening like yeah, yeah it's competent like it, it's it's competent in its filmmaking but even that, I'm like, I have a, sl- I don't know. It, it it is of Obi Wan ilk. It is of of those sorts of things. We've seen this sort of thing a thousand times before. Which is why I'm just kind of like, whatever. Like, just yeah. get me to the thing. Like, I don't need you. Like, oh, we've got to sneak from one one container to the other so the ticket droid doesn't get us, and then we've got to jump off the train onto the mattress. Yeah, which is which the other would, landing. You would still die. You know, oh, they they were from that speed. the speed at which they traveled contrasted to how they land and just rolled. I'm like, no, <laughs> like land horribly and violently yeah. and like take the hits for like that thing was moving like it was tra- traveling. I don't in so much so you know. that when another train went by, they were like, oh, whoa, oh, yeah. Oh I mean, oh, by the way, 70, 80 miles an hour, <laughs> like I think yeah. is. Uh, you know, Earth speed to compare it to, uh, but in, not an even at thirty miles an hour, getting out of something moving like that, it's Kinda gonna hard. be a little bit more. I just thought it was really funny and convenient. They're like, we landed on the mattress over here yeah. and we rolled safely off. I was like, all right. Um, so I, it's competent. We move from A to B. It, it propels the story forward, which, say- which is important. Uh, I would have liked that sequence a lot less if it hadn't been two relatively unknown actors to me, like and relatively yes. unknown characters. Uh, so I, I, I think that softened a lot of what I was watching. Like if this would have been Mando and Bill Burr, I would have been bored more than watching would, these weirdos um, and trying it, to figure out if they were flirting or not. <laughs> like uh, have- Having having the two of them be the leads of this episode was one of the more compelling things for me, right? Like the fact that it's these two like relatively minor care. Like one is an incredibly minor character. Yes. Doctor Pershing is slightly more important, I guess, in in terms of what we've seen before. Um, but seeing them again as like the leads of the episode, like that is at least I mean compelling to watch these two performers like getting the chance of a lifetime to lead a star war. Yeah. Um, so as opposed to like watching Obi-Wan and Leia do the train sequence or, or uh, Mando and Bill Burr, it, it was slightly more compelling. It, it just, it's like, I don't know. I've seen it so many times and it wasn't particularly, it wasn't executed in a way that I was like fascinated by um, yeah. or, or drew me in. Like I, I completely tuned out the second time I watched this where I was like, okay, just get to the thing. You know, I was like, yeah, I know what's happening. Just get to the thing. Do, and the, the jumping on the mattress did remind me of Leia running from, you know, flea and like the branch, right. like hitting a guy in the face and all that. Like that moment Man, in particular I felt like that. But I forgot until just now that flea is in uh, <laughs> is in Star Wars and Kenobi. Uh, I, I do perhaps have to go back and revisit that at some point just for just for funsies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we get to the uh, the disposal, the imperial disposal shipyard, yeah, whatever. Yeah. The and decommission so we're, we're gonna... uh, yard, which is unguarded. Um, 
And I mean, you can say it's unguarded because I I don't know if she does this to people all the time. Like she's got the code because it's part of the the deal or if it's unguarded because, you know, they're like, well, the line is, you know, they can't fly, so they don't need to guard them. And it's like, yeah, but wouldn't Jawas or any other scavenger be all over Imperial technology? Like it's a, a Star Destroyer. And then I thought, well, we are on Coruscant. The lower classes are literally underneath, like, and not prohibited to come up, maybe. Um, so maybe, like, everyone on the surface level is just too rich to go stealing things from Star Destroyers. Uh, but that was just weird I mean, to me of, like, yeah, we'll just walk into this decommissioned Star Destroyer. Uh, no problem. Well, it and it's cool. done with one line, right? Yeah, like, yeah. it's a classic, like, they don't they don't worry about these anymore. Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> All right, because copper pipe is worth a lot. I'm guessing yeah, imperial science equipment is. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean Pershing raises a good point where he's like, you, "We're just throwing all of this stuff away." They're like, you know, we yeah. just gotta get rid of it. And you're like, "Oh, okay, cool." Um, so it, it's 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 some of those like things where it's like we just gotta we just gotta keep the story going. We don't want to we don't want you to think too much about any of the logic behind this, which is fine. It's the Mandalorian. Um, so we get there. We we've we've gathered our laboratory equipment, and then, bum bum bum, twist ending. G sixty eight's a covert agent who's, I guess, tasked with, yeah, it's bringing in this is other most problem with. I don't understand her motivation. I she walks out like they get so they run out of the star destroyer after gathering an odd assortment of equipment like there's something that pershing was clearly directed to do the director whoever directed this episode was like uh just grab a few of those vials over there which is very funny because they're in a container of like 40 tiny vials and he grabs like (laughs) three individually you know but it's like just grab the whole uh but maybe that's showing his character is that he really was only taking what he needed anyway they run out of the star destroyer and I guess it makes sense because she wants to get caught, but they've just got flashlights blazing, even though everything is lit up by lights already. And they're, they have like an E.T. looking like flashlight sequence running away before. Yeah, she, you know, is like, haha, surprise. I was doing this on purpose. But then later, it's like they don't know that she did this like she set him up like this is entrapment the whole thing is entrapment but then yes. the new republic acts like it was an entrapment but she just caught him so right so let's I let's parse out what let's let's see if let's see if you and i can't suss out what the fuck happened okay. because so she she's she has obviously been laying the tracks for this it seems like the entire time right yeah. like I, specifically i'm and- I am I am going to push this guy towards his his natural instinct, which is to continue my research to go outside of the bounds of what would be acceptable for the New Republic. And so, I mean, he fully goes there like we we get to that point. He's he's on that mission. He's like, I'm going to continue my research. He's captured. So he is brought back to to some facility where he's hooked up to a, a mind flare light. Uh, the new Mind Flayer 2.0. I do love um, this Mon Calamari, Calamari character. It's just yeah, like, I I like this oh, is gonna be great. Yeah, yeah, I've done this. <laughs> you're myself. gonna love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is really pleasant. Um, <laughs> and he's not wrong, right? Like the the initial experience of what this is supposed to be uh, seems like Pershing's having a, a very nice time. 
yeah, while his yeah, mind I mean, is, is being slightly uh, flayed. Yeah, yeah, it's a mind flare. If some of his memories are being flayed, and he's having a good time, yeah. And then, you know, one of the doctors is cr- congratulating our turncoat, saying, you know, thanks for bringing him in. Yeah. And she's like, well, can I stay and watch, actually? Because he's my friend, even though he did a bad thing. He's still my friend. Yeah. And yeah, she cranks up that mind flare to 100 and just rips his mind <laughs> to hell, I guess. And I'm, I, I just don't understand. <laughs> I guess, like, <laughs> did she see him do something? Are we going to, like, was she personally affected by his research? That That's what I was trying to find out and couldn't find any my tale of. My, my thinking is potentially that if she is some sort of a saboteur yeah uh who because it's it's mentioned earlier in the episode too that that Moff Gideon may have escaped escaped somehow right that he's 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 on the lamb if if she is somehow still connected with him She's... maybe she knows the importance of Dr. Pershing who who might be able to clone uh, perhaps the the dead and dying corpse of Emperor Palpatine so right. they can make a thousand of him so Exegol can be populated by all of this stuff which is going to make Rise of Skywalker somehow make sense. Yeah, well that that was Paulette's thought is that yeah she's tying up loose ends. You I know, think so. For... Yeah, and yeah, I guess that I guess that makes sense. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't because she's just a comms officer. Like I, yeah. you know, I, 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 I like the. I guess that makes sense. You <laughs> it's, know? Like, it's very Rise of Skywalker and its logic, like all the way through. Yeah, I I liked it more. Like it, it would resonate more with me if it doesn't have anything to do with anything else. If it is just sort of like this dystopian Orwellian sort of like thing that happens but it still doesn't necessarily explain the action to me because she it's it's not like the big brother now is the new is republic. the is the new republic she is specifically acting out in ways that are against the new republic yeah like she she's drawing him out unless it is you know you've got to root out any potential leanings that might still be yeah, relevant in someone, and then we've got to destroy their mind if we're going to reintroduce these people to society. That's the only thing that makes sense to me, though, because otherwise, why isn't she getting her mind flayed, too? Like, she right. went yes. with him, and, uh, you know, she was on Gideon's ship, too, so she should be right. highly suspect. But they don't say, like, they're like, good job, or whatever, when she turns right. him in. Yes. Um, but what she does by turning is she didn't doesn't bring them to the police. The police show up with the helicopters and then she walks over to them and is like, uh-huh. so I so, yeah, either yeah, she's, was... either it's something they want her to do or it isn't. And it's not. But it's not right. clear. It doesn't make any doesn't make it's... it much sense at this point. Maybe it'll get cleared up later. Um, I'm open to that. But. Yeah. Y- yes, I, I'm. I'm open to that too. It it definitely needs more explanation. Like I was saying, if if this is the foundation for something else, like I mean, how many more episodes of Mandalorian are going to be dedicated to the adventures of Comms Officer and Doctor Pershing? You know, I, like I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 it feels like a different show that maybe yeah. I should explore in another area that's not the Mandalorian. 
Well, this is like um, if there were. Is this the launching pad for Skeleton Crew? Yeah. I, like, I well, it's know. like I how know. sitcoms used to, you know, do like spinoff episodes to start up a spinoff. I feel like because it's like, right. oh, look, we can do Dark Star War too. Um, but I don't know. I I think it's clumsy to stick it in the middle of two chunks of good Mando. Um, but also, <laughs> I'm not complaining because I got what I wanted from a Mando episode, and I just got bonus. Like this is almost as long as two episodes of Mando. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> I enjoyed it. I'm confused by it, um, and yeah, I have no idea what they're gonna do the rest of the season. Like <laughs> it's <laughs> like it, it is it purposefully confusing or is it just right. bad writing? You know what I mean? Like are are we being cryptic because it's like oh well you won't believe fuck we have planned for you down the road yeah. or is it just like uh we were in a, a time crunch to write this one and yeah. this is what ended up happening you know it's like it, and that's not a feeling that i particularly enjoy like I, I would like to know that this is part of something going forward right but if this is just like if this is just an a, a standalone episode and we're not going to address this for a while then i'm going to be even more confused going forward if we don't go back and talk about some of what this was or, or why why yeah. we did this. what the context is for the Mandalorian yes. at large because it is a completely separate world from the cov the covert and like yes. you know like the the world of Mandalore that we're in seems far removed from the New Republic at this point and I'm sure that's what we're we're going to get you know, I'm sure it will connect some way, but it could also be, yeah, we just get a random episode where Thrawn's introduced a random episode that somehow ties to the skeleton crew. And then we have two very rushed episodes of Mando at the and, end to try to like. And here's this. The, the only reason I even thought to say skeleton, crew, which I have not put really any thought or know anything about at this point, was Star Wars, like the official Star Wars weekly video, or whatever series that they do. You know, it's like a five minute thing. They had their interview with Favreau and Filoni and Favreau's going into this like, you know, we're we're building out the world where, you know, where we want, you know, Mandalorian to, you know, coexist with Ahsoka and Skeleton Crew. It's like, so we're we're full on like connecting all of these things, layering everything in, so that now we can. I mean, Thrawn is coming, right? Yeah. That's that's a given. That's going to happen, and it, it seems like it's if if it doesn't happen in the next few episodes of this, it's going to be Ahsoka. But it seems like now those these stories are going to start colliding pretty pretty intensely it yeah. feels like um going into ahsoka being the next thing that i think is going to be coming out for star wars is is the ahsoka series so they're they're very much like hey let's let's get some synergy going between all of this and it's like that's great and it's fine but there is a part of me that's like just just do one show really well oh yeah and then do another show really well like I, I, not to harp on how much I love Andor, but Andor is a perfect example of like, you just want us to tell a good story and not have to worry about like taking care of everyone's world building feelings. Yeah. Then let's do that. Yeah. Because when it gets into this, like, okay, well, we've got to satisfy this, but we've also we also have to start thinking about how we're going to address 
the gap from Return of the Jedi to the First Order and how Mandalorian fits into the fabric of that. It's like, I kind of don't give a shit. Like, yeah, take me out got, of that we got context. Ten years after, like, we've got another five years of Mandaland, and then like another ten years after that before Episode Seven. I, I don't need any of the sequel stuff coming around. <laughs> like, I don't want to have to I justify really don't. that right now. But I don't, I, and it, it 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 brings me like it reminds me of like now now Filoni's getting to play live action, right? He yeah. got to play with animated stuff a lot. So this is starting to feel like, oh, what if I just got to do the cartoon and had a huge budget and can do it live action? Because yeah. Clone Wars and Rebels, they get to be wild and have fun and fill in a lot of gaps for stuff that just was like, hey, this doesn't really make sense. Can you do a cartoon and maybe like make some of that make sense? And I'm much more willing to accept that for some reason as a cartoon than I am when it's like, here's a live action show with a big budget. I'm like, it just doesn't like... It, the animation reminds me of something being childish in a good way, like in a really fun, good way. Whereas like live action, it's like, we're still going to do the cartoon, but it's going to be shot live action. So that's what, And we're going to try to fill in these gaps. I mean, I'm incredibly cynical about Marvel movies and the, the Marvel universe. And I know they're doing some sort of reboot right now or whatever. Um, but I've always been, you know, annoyed by the idea of like, no, I'm not going to watch that TV show because I'm not going to give two rips when so and so shows up. I'm just going to be confused. Like, I'm not going to have the context. I don't want to go look it up. I'm not that kind of a Marvel fan. And like you said, live action. I want something a little more serious out of my my live action. That's why I like my superheroes and and comic books. Uh, but. I am, however, I am a Star Wars fan, and I gotta say, I think this is, I think it's a bad move. I agree with you. They should be making shows that stand alone. Sure, have Boba Fett show up in The Mandalorian once because it makes sense or whatever. That's fine. Right. But keep it, keep it where an outsider can watch The Mandalorian and only right. need to know about The Mandalorian. Yes. But uh, I know everything about Star Wars, and gotta say it is kind of fun to be like oh shit those must be thrawn's ties cool <laughs> like, like i don't know yeah. And, yeah. um i i agree with you wholeheartedly but when i am watching it i'm just kind of like we okay sure <laughs> i, I mean, can't wait to me, see it, who shows up I, like anytime yeah. one of those dumb things happens at this point if it's not r5 i'm generally like oh cool <laughs> it's gonna be so i mean I like it to agree, except in the instance where I feel like the storytelling is being dumbed down to service a larger purpose. Like, service the story first, as opposed to, like, we've got to also think about our corporate synergy and, you know, Q1 and through Q3 and how everything's going to tie together. I mean, it reminds me of the Marvel fatigue, right? Like, you, you're are like, I'm, I'm out on Marvel. Like, yeah. I liked Marvel, and I stuck with it. I mean, through Avengers Endgame, and it was, what a payoff, the fantastic cinematic universe, and there are some of those movies that suck, and there are some that I, I legitimately enjoy. The novelty of it, I thought, was really cool in the beginning, where they're like, we're going to have Captain America, and Iron Man, and Thor, we're going to do the Avengers, and we're going to have the Hulk, and we're going to do the, we're going to lead it up to an Avengers movie. I was like, that's really cool. Like, it's it's taking a comic book concept and translating it to film. And they're like, we're going to do that forever. And I was like, the 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 novelty of that kind of wore off, and yeah. it, it did grow into like, I don't want to have to go and see 
Iron Man 3 for something else to make sense. You know what I mean? I don't want to have to go and watch Ant-Man and the Wasp to understand the next piece of whatever's coming out. Yeah, because there's no payoff if you don't, because they don't take the time to write emotional payoff by character building. They now do it through the like, oh, look, it's this guy from two years ago. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that movie you saw two years ago, which can be if you're into it like, a, yay, but it is lazy. Like, it's not it's not good. It, and, <laughs> and it's not surprising that this is happening, one, because it's Disney who owns Marvel and Star Wars yeah. and it's Favreau who started, I mean, who directed the first Marvel movie. Like yeah. he, he created Iron Man from whence the entire juggernaut that is, you know, the Marvel cinematic universe stems from. Yeah. So it's like it, from a business perspective, it makes a lot of sense why, why Disney would have been like, Hey, John Favreau, do you want to take a swing at doing some Star Wars with our Star Wars genius guy Dave Filoni and see what you guys can come up with because you know it's not like they're just sitting there breaking story for Mandalorian they're yeah. they're thinking like galaxy brain right they're like okay well let's look at what we can set up for our corporate overlords that's going to make them a bunch of money and still be entertaining and the way to make and, money isn't by give, creating a show that millions upon millions of people can love and watch it's creating a show that our core audience is going to buy all the toys and like, yeah. it's like we have to build this like built in audience that is going to rapidly consume. And the way you do that is by connecting it all, <laughs> like right. making it feel all necessary. Yeah. And I mean, like it, the cynical thing is like, okay, yeah, they, they ended a story with, with, I mean, we talked about this already, but it's like, they've ended the story with Grogu really well at the end of season. And then someone from the merchandising department was like, guys, great, great season of television. Way to land an arc. Anyway, you can write that baby back in because look at this sale sheet. Yeah. He is hot. Come and get it. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, well, let's let's do that. And let's put Mando in a cool new in one starfighter as opposed to the clunky Razor Crest, which is gonna be a much cooler action figure that yeah, kids are gonna want. To produce, yeah much easier to produce in fact we've probably already got old models from it that we can just rehash and recycle and that yeah. is exactly what they're doing by the way and i did read like someone or just someone posted the price of like the nabu starfighter was like 25 bucks when it came out when it came out it's the exact same mold and it's like 120 dollars <laughs> you know it's like it's the same product it is now seven times as much it's a fantastic world we live in and it's 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 frustrating and it's I will never stop going back. It's why I love Andor so much because Andor will still even address some of this shit in in the world too, it feels like. Yeah, right? Like yeah. they're they're not afraid to be like, hey, some of this corporate overlord shit is terrible. Yeah. And some of those swings you were like, I can't believe that Disney didn't like say hey we need to have a script note meeting and uh -huh. you need to take some of this out um but you know and andor is never the flagship thing it it's always going to be like the niche you know prestige drama that exists yeah they're like, just specifically enough for me and you i yeah, think yeah. You know, like, there there have to be just enough of us that they're like ah oh, we really need those people's five dollars a month too. give them one show every six years i mean you know <laughs> let, let's like you know i I support it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, they, they've got me hook, line, and sinker. 
I, I I do love Andor, and I am like I'm a I'm a Star Wars fanboy. So like I do like collecting the things that that make me feel you know good as a, as a collector and a fan of something. And to have Andor is like, yeah, g- give me the Luthan action figure. Where's his you know Where's his ships? Where's the Hallcraft oh, or whatever man. that yeah. thing is? Good golly, that, give me the the yeah, the the what Hallcraft the. Fondor, Fondor, Luthen yeah. Rails, Fondor Hallcraft, yeah. Like, where's the Fondor Hallcraft Lego set? Because yeah. I'd get that, you know. Um, it was like, I, I don't know. It, there is a, a cynical part of me, but this isn't exactly a merchandisey episode necessarily. Though. No, no, it's no, no, no. There no, might have been some Galaxy's not. Edge stuff, but I don't think this. These are the characters you want pushing your Galaxy's Edge merch. Although they may have those like those ration cakes and, and like Mike. No, but I did see that the uh, the spider droid thing. Oh yeah, from the last episode, Lego set oh, already sick. already announced, already already coming out. It's <laughs> like it's a cool Lego set. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like they had that one loaded up and ready to go. <laughs> um, so it is it is fascinating to see the how that works. Where it's like a week after the episode comes out, they're like, "Look, do you want this Lego set of that cool thing that was in episode two? You're like, I mean, they had to have had that planned and prepped months ago for it oh, to yeah. be ready for production. You know, you know they so might just... have they might have created that Lego set before they put the creature in the show. You know, they might be designing yeah. toys before they And you know, if but, they're as cool can you as put that this thing in was, there? Uh, I'm fine with it. Yeah, as yeah. long as it's a cool Yeah, no, spider. it's it works, I, I think, but I mean, if yeah, there was yeah. if there was arti- artistic integrity to Mando uh, as a show or if you wanted to keep it kind of on on a pedestal of like this was a cool thing that really kicked off Star Wars. It should have ended at season two. That should have been the end. Yes. Maybe we see Din Djarin five years, you know, in the future, and everybody's like, "Oh my god!" Or a movie comes out. Yes, you know? that that was going to be the exact thing that I would say is like, end it, right? They they had a, they had an elegant ending to the Mandalorian, except they they were planting the seeds well, for. And except gonna... I rewatched that ending, and man, that Luke face stuff is is garbage. To watch. Yeah, it yeah, is, it's bad. It's bad, <laughs> but. It it is definitely bad. It's a great um, episode of television, though. Boba Fett is so cool in in Mando. He gets the, he's not cool in his intro episode, I don't think. But the yeah. the like just a little bit of Boba Fett goes a long way. Uh, anyway, I rewatched that way. episode and it was fun to watch. Um, uh, and it does feel like it, they could have elegantly ended it, but it is the it is the the flagship, right? That is yeah. it is the beacon for, for Star Wars. Yeah. But you're you're thinking too. It's like you know, if you had ended there, and then said, "In five years, we're going to give you a Mandalorian trilogy, movie trilogy," I would have been like, "I am one hundred percent on board for you bringing this character into the big, like onto the big screen. Like, let's do that." Yeah, because it, it it does feel like now what what I think of primarily as Star Wars is a theatrical experience. Like we're we're in the wilderness right now for Star Wars and movies. Yeah. Like we don't know what's happening. There's nothing that's been announced. Like everything that's been announced is all just kind of like we get some people who are working on some things, but there's no path forward for what that's supposed to be because we finished the Skywalker saga. That's 
That's done. We've done nine episodes of, of Star Wars And that proper. is enough, to be clear. That's enough, Skywalker Saga. <laughs> Please, God, do not do anything. If if the first shot of the next movie is someone going to Tatooine and sucking some lightsabers out of the sand, <laughs> I will walk out of the movie theater immediately. Be like, no, we're not doing this. But I, it I'm does feel like Mando could have been. Because it's what I expect. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, they're going to get my money, obviously. I wasn't being serious that I would not go, but like, of course I'm going to go, but it, it does feel like they had an opportunity to, to make Mando kind of like, Hey, we'll bring this character back in a well-written movie a few years down the road. Yeah. We've got other shows. We've got other corners of the universe to explore. He, he could, I think, I mean, he is right now probably the most popular character aside from Grogu, who I guess is, yeah, you know the most visually recognizable character in Star Wars right now. Um, I think more young kids know the Mandalorian and Grogu than probably know Luke Skywalker. Yeah, I would if, I, if so. I were to guess. Yeah, yeah, I would say if you're going to uh, get any Star Wars collectibles for the idea of investing, uh, yeah, get get Mando stuff. That's that's yeah. the one <laughs> the kids are going to care about. Um, in yeah. twenty years. Um, at least I reckon, because I think it, it's it's stupid. It's easy to digest. And for the most part, it's it's really fun to watch. Um, yeah. And I don't but I don't know for like, I don't know for how much longer it will be fun to watch to me. I, I would like right. to think that because right now, like I, I really do like having a, you know, 30 minutes to an hour of Star Wars once a week is like, it's awesome. It's amazing. It's my yeah. favorite thing. Yeah, yeah. I love it to death. Right. Yep. But also we have that buffer of Andor, um, which again just like takes a lot of stress off of me. Um, mm-hmm. It was how I it was like how I could enjoy episode two once episode three came out. I was like, oh well, I actually I really like this one, so you know mm-hmm. I can <laughs> I cannot you know hate episode two as much. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how long this is going to pay off and I don't know how frustrating it's going to get when everybody's showing up and in Ahsoka or vice versa. But maybe it'll be fun. I don't know. I'm leaving it open for the possibility that Thrawn shows up in this and it's just really cool. It could happen somehow. Yeah, I, I think for me, Nell, it's like I'm I don't know the. I guess the other thing we can finish with what happened at the end of this yeah, episode. Yeah, which part we, two. We of... go back, which is yeah, we come back, we bookend right. We we've got the bookends of Mando, which is you know we we go back to the the covert of all these multicolored Mandalorians who uh-huh. walk the way. Uh, Din comes back and he is he's redeemed. He's called apostate a couple times, um, which is always great, uh-huh. and uh, proves to the armor that that he is. Uh, redeemed by providing a, a water sample, which has a chemical reaction, I guess, to the other Armors, sample that's uh, water forge quenching living proof thing. Which yeah. that thing has got to be hard to move, but it's moved from multiple locations. Yeah, where, so... where are their ships? Do they just all hang out in the caves all day? Uh, do they train? Do they do anything? Because they are on a narrow band of shoreline against a small cave, and we don't see where any of them, what any of them do, except stand around like no they mostly no stand around and that they, do they mostly anything. stand around and wait to yell apostate yeah, at people yeah. who walk by like any good cult uh-huh. um but we also we also get the drop that hey bo katan guess what welcome to the team you've been redeemed you, you haven't taken your helmet off 
As long as you which, don't take that helmet off, just stay here and chill as long as you want. Which, and then you can leave. It's this is getting it, we've we've moved into the very cultish territory, and there's a lot of like backslapping and how you doing and like like Christian weird '90s Christian conference vibes that are happening about like you just got baptized. Congratulations, welcome to the welcome to the life. I love you are it. now going to walk the way. I love it, VC. Um, when when the name of the episode is the convert, I was like, yeah. please let it be Bo Katan converting to. To, you know, like to the covert, because obviously this puts Bo-Katan in a position where she's, you know, the last shot is her looking at the Mythosaur skull. She's the only one right. who knows the Mythosaur is there. All she's got to right. do is kill Din, take a sword, and now she's in with both sides of the rift. She can, she can win. She can take power. Like, uh, I'm, I'm into it as long as the next episode propels these stupid Mandalorian covert in a big way because if we're just standing around backslapping about this is the way for another episode and be like i i'm i'm getting tired like we have to have the conflict that exists in this and i know we're getting there like we're we're this was the third episode but not only do i want to see conflict within this cult right like i i do i do like it as like oh this is a cult right yeah. that this is a cultish They've got a cult leader. They've got a cult following. They have very stringent rules. Like everyone here is drinking the same Kool Aid. Great. What we need is is conflict that presents itself in in a new and interesting way. And I, it has to come from Bogotan, would be my guess, because she's the one who seems the the least chill with with these particular brand of Mandalorian. Din is definitely still all about it. Which I right? like. He's, uh, I'm really glad that he's still. He's still I'm glad. Freak. I'm glad too. But like, it it begs the question: Is he an idiot? He's like, a, is he's Din Jarn? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's. I, I look at it as any other person who grew up in a cult. Like his his galaxy view is so small, and he is kind yes. of like. I love his accent. I love that he doesn't know that much about the universe. So yeah, I think he right. is kind of dumb. I think he's really, you yeah. know, he's sheltered in whatever is Mando way. He's just good at killing, so he's gotten by being sheltered. Uh, I think for me, like the the interesting thing going forward is like, how, how are we gonna make him realize that this is the way is not the only way, right? Because he is so programmed to be like, all I can do is redeem myself. I must keep my helmet on at all times. It's like. Hey, dum dum, why don't you start looking at some other things that that might be around you? And I See, feel I like I would it... like him to turn dark and stay helmeted, and you know, like I'd like I'd like him to stay a zealot forever and have a heel turn. <laughs> like I know you would, but you know, there's that's not going to happen. Like no, he's, I, but it's been lasted a lot longer than I thought it would. <laughs> I guess the only thing is if if his heel turn is contrasted with. Grogu becoming the the headliner of the show and like hey dad this is not the way and like uh, takes up arms against him I think that would be kind of fun um as as Grogu is uh, becoming more assertive as as his own character yeah he tried to say um, this is the way it was a uh, that was a, a big bit. the big other big moment, bit yeah. was it was a trap uh, yeah that was fun I missed it the first time I watched it. Oh, I I pegged it the first time. I was like, "Come on!" <laughs> I had a little bit of a stomachache the second time come I watched it. On. 
Um, yeah, so, I don't know. I, I guess in general, I'm just looking for more conflict within the show with with our A story, right? It was it was it was a fun diversion, if if not a, a well executed one, to look at what this week's episode was. But it did leave me wanting, like, hey, let's just go back to understanding more about what the Mandalorian is about, as opposed to like, let's go take a fun side adventure. Like, but that's, that's what fine. the Mandalorian has been the whole time is just these kind of dumb diversions like we haven't but, but had it, a strong but he, but the diversion still within with him being the lead character in it right oh oh like like the the main story had of this episode had nothing to do with the Mandalorian. right 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 it had to do with the world which was interesting to me it, but in very vaguely had to do with the world that they're right. in. It, it, it seemed more it, like it, it, an like not an obi-wan but it seemed more like a Tying to yeah, an Andor that doesn't exist, a modern Andor. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, how, how, like, what, what's a way that we can give you a wide-angle lens of what the still tell a contains? Here's where we are in the state of Star Wars right now. Yeah. We are after Return of the Jedi. We are before we get to Rey and Finn and all of our future heroes. We're in the in between. We want to. We want to firmly ground you in what is happening in Star Wars, right? Yeah. In in the Star Wars, but but grounded in a way that we can tell a story. And it was fine, but it's like it. I I would rather watch a well executed episode of Andor, oh yeah, or watch an episode of The Mandalorian that has Mandalorian and Bo-Katan and the covert uh, as as the central thrust of what this was. So it was. It, it is disappointing to me or both times I was like, oh, okay, we got to go do this thing before we can continue our story with, with Bo and Mando. It's like, I just, I just want to know more about what, what's going to happen with them. And it just felt like this week was a, Hey, we're going to take you out of that world and give you very little and give you an episode of that. Doesn't really have anything to do with the show. I guess if I trusted Favreau as a writer, I would care about what's happening with Mando and Bo-Katan. Yes. Um, but I don't, and I don't think that's ever going to be big payoff. Like, you know, it was crazy getting Luke in. That was fun. But, it, like, that was just, like, a character showing up. It wasn't a well-crafted season of television that led to that moment. Like, no. it was just, I've got to find the Jedi. Oh, look, Ahsoka, cool. I've got to find the Jedi. Oh, look, it's mm. Luke, cool. Um, right. So I guess I was not disappointed at all to leave Mando uh, just because, you know, what are they going to do? Probably some more dumb kind of corny stuff. And I'll watch some other characters do some dumb corny stuff in a different environment. Um, anytime. Yeah, I, like I'd take a grief. If next week was just grief Karga hanging out uh, in his in his town, I'd be there. I mean, if if they do that next week and it's him facing the pirate King Gorian Shand or whatever, <laughs> Space Swamp thing. Like that would be sick as hell. Like that, I would just be on board for that. But to your point, you know, I don't trust Favreau really as a as a steward of where we're going, because even watching the the Doctor Pershing episode, I was like, is this gonna is this something that would continue? Like, or are we just gonna sit this here and it's only ever gonna be there? I don't. I I would like to have left that that mid episode, the Doctor Pershing episode, the New Republic episode, feeling like 
that's a bookend. We're never going to touch that again. Oh, this has legs and is going to lead to something else. But I, I have, I have n- no idea one way or the other. I'm like, it's either going to be one or the other, but there's no, there's no strong feeling that I have that it's like, oh, this is uh, an interesting thing and it's a thread that we're going to follow, or this was a weird or well one-off that we just had to get in there. I just don't know, which is, I think, which is me not trusting the writing, which I think is an indication of the writing. Yeah, I, I think the easiest jump we can assume is just that this will tie into Moff Gideon and Moff Gideon will tie into Thrawn. Like, that's, I imagine they're going to be a power couple, uh, Gideon and Thrawn, at some point. Or or, or, <laughs> or, or, or Moff Gideon ties into Palpatine cloning and he's oh, yeah. one of the first well, yeah. seeds of the, the First Order or whatever. Well, I mean, Thrawn could be involved in that too. You know, that's. I, I mean, we're definitely all of this Pershing and Grogu stuff is definitely explanation for somehow Palpatine has returned. Like, I feel like that's that's what they're doing, right? And Look, have been. And, it, and here's the thing: they know they have Thrawn in the back. We know Thrawn is coming. Yeah. Of course, I'm super jacked about Thrawn appearing. Like he's James one Gordon. Of the, yeah, James Corden's going to be great in that role. <laughs> <laughs> we all know it. He's a famously beloved actor and human being. But it, it's, it almost feels like, hey, we know Thrawn's coming. You know Thrawn's coming, so uh, take the ride. We'll introduce Thrawn. He's amazing. It's like, I don't trust you with Thrawn right now. You have not earned my Thrawn trust as of yet. Am I going to f- freak out and lose my mind when I see Probably. Right, like it's, I'm just gonna be like, oh yeah, sick Thrawn's here. But it they it has to be building to some sick ass Thrawn is coming in with Ezra Bridger, and we haven't seen him in forever. And what is that relationship? And what what are the galactic implications for their adventures and all of this downtime? Because you know, you you bring in he's like he's like the ace in the hole at this point, like. They've brought out Ahsoka, who was one of the biggest aces in the hole that they had, and they've they've used that. And it's like, okay, Thrawn, in terms of like the hierarchy of Star Wars right now, is probably at or near the top of of power uh, in terms of what we have left. So whenever they play that card, it is going to be it is going to be meaningful. Um, but it it just feels like, are we just buying time for that? Are we just like, I don't know, let's just have some fun with our Kenner toys and do a fun episode and we'll have a bunch of tie interceptors and tie bombers. Well, I mean, that's the, I don't know. the, that's the only thing I trust to come from Favreau and Filoni is a dumb show about our Kinner toys, you know? So maybe that's right. why I'm not. Yeah. Like, I don't know. My expectations are low for storytelling and what I get excited about is just like I, what I was telling Paulette, you know, like I get more excited seeing two tie CGI tie bombers than I get about any character showing up. I'm like, yeah, I like that ship. Cool. <laughs> like that's yeah. mostly what yeah. I watch for at this point. It's like, Oh, I like that. That's a cool yeah. weapon. There's... I mean, I definitely still have those moments. Uh, it just, I, I, I do think the, the post Andor effect has, has skewed how I see things. When, when you can see how effectively a TIE fighter can be used in Andor versus how it's used in anything else, right? Yeah. Where walking on Aldani, all you have to do is have two TIE fighters in the distance 
and then suddenly have them come ripping overhead with a brilliant sound effect is more menacing, more like impactful than like, oh, now there's 30 tie interceptors who are going to come and shoot. I I totally agree, but I also think it's fun to have like we just took out eight tie interceptors. You get hit? Nah, I didn't get hit at all. I'm, I'm Mandalorian. This is a kid show. I'm like, yeah, I'm, like Mandalorian I'm is kind of Superman at this point. And yeah. uh, I mean, I guess he got beat up last week, but uh, I don't know. I'm I'm I have fun uh, with the, with him being stupidly overpowered and uh, yes, especially in it, that it, N one, he just seems to be. Oh, he's OP. Is he's super <laughs> OP in that N one? You're just like, oh, he can. He's a fucking Top Gun Maverick in that yeah. thing. You know, it's like, oh, great, okay, uh, he can't be killed. Yeah, I mean, for me, it, it is. It's like, what what are my expectations? Again, this is a children's show. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. if I'm being hard on it, I'm. Well, they do have mind the flayers their... in the children's yeah. show. So... <laughs> yes, maybe you should be able to expect a little bit more. You know, adult I, writing. <laughs> I, I do think it, I do think it could be better, uh, e- yeah, even yeah. for the quality that it's at. I do still look forward to it every week. Um, I, I know I sound like I'm being really hard on it, and like I don't like, <laughs> like I don't want to sound like I don't like Star Wars, but I, I do oh, feel yeah. like my expectations for this, I'm like, they're just, the my expectations are not being met on on Mandalorian, which I know to be like, hey, this is their their number one product right this is what is presumably currently the head of the franchise and i'm just kind of like this is what we're getting right now though you know like i I think that is because the i've been really impressed with this show visually so far um Mm -hmm. it's all it always looked good i watched you know i rewatched some episodes from season two and it's like yeah this show does look really good obi-wan opened my eyes to that like of how good mando has looked um you know the production team is killing it i think the cast does does pretty well um it's just i i don't have high hopes for it because i've never i've never liked favreau as a writer and that's personal preference i know a lot of people Mm -hmm. like a lot of his stuff a lot of people like the movie chef for example i have a lot of friends who like that movie i hated that movie when I saw it, <laughs> I don't remember it except that I hated it. Um, right. Specifically for the writing, um, so maybe it's a, a thing with me. I'm worried about I'm worried about Filoni and Ahsoka um, mm-hmm. because uh, you know Filoni. I am been, too now. Been my guardian, but if he's doing interviews saying like, "Oh, we get along great," I was like, "Well, I thought you maybe weren't involved in this season because uh, <laughs> seems pretty silly." Yeah, I I mean my. Because you know I'm I'm, a, I'm an Ahsoka boy. Yeah. I, one of my favorite characters. I I very much value that character as a, a lot of fans do from Clone Wars and Rebels. Like she is beloved by a lot of people, and and certainly by Filoni. I mean that's like yeah. his that's his claim to fame. You know, is like yeah. one of his many claims to fame. But it's like, hey, this is really the character that I I spearheaded and am the shepherd of like, yeah. and, and I'm going to be looking after. So I've got the Ahsoka show coming. It's like, God, I just hope it's good. I, I hope, I hope that I don't leave an episode of Ahsoka with the same feeling that I had after this episode of, of Mandalorian, where I was like, kind of like, what the hell? You know, <laughs> like, what, what are we doing? Like, it was entertaining, but I still was just like, what are we doing? Like, what is going on? Like legitimately, what is happening? I feel like 
the show, I, maybe it's me, but sometimes the show makes me feel stupid as a viewer where I'm like, what, what am I missing? What, what is happening? And I don't think it's me. I, I think it's the writing. I don't think you're wrong to feel that way at all. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I I would agree with you. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I've i been turning off, so far I've turned off every episode so far. I've been like, oh, that was fun. I can't wait to watch it with Paulette tomorrow. And like, usually we watch it again. And yeah. I get to re-experience it with someone who's way more excited about things than, than I am ever, you know, about like right. twists and things. Um, and then I'm usually like, yeah, it's a fun show. That was great. Um, yeah. So I would say for Ahsoka, don't hope it's good. Hope it's okay. And then you'll be all right. And then you'll probably you might be yeah. pleased. But I don't right, think it's yeah. gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be Andor. You know. Um, no. So it, would I rather watch season two of Andor or watch an entire season about my favorite character? I'd rather see season two of Andor. But yeah, I'm still gonna watch. I'm still going to watch, you know, the show about Mando when it's season six and it's really stupid and hopefully enjoy it. But my my tolerance for Star Wars is very high. Has Andor cursed us? I think is is see, I have being is is being spoiled with good Star Wars. In fact, bad for us. It was bad for you, BC, but I it made me like all the bad more. Yeah, it liked me enjoyed the rest of it more because I feel like less of an idiot for liking Star Wars because I can at least say like, see, that's what it would be like if I were in charge. I have taste. Like, yeah, yeah, I I mean, I'm being I'm kind of taking the piss with that take, but uh, I mean, of course, I'm glad Andor exists and it it, it it there is some recalibration that has to happen in terms of right where it's like yeah. of course not everything can be that like it, it's a singular work of like genius to have that level of production for a show like not every show gets to have it was Tony better Gilroy. than the last of us i think objectively oh, andor yeah. is a better show than the last yeah, of us which it, i would not have expected if you told me these two shows are coming out which one's going to be better the star war or the right or HBO taking on one of the most acclaimed like video game narratives of all time. <laughs> like, um, like I I liked Last of yeah, Us, yeah, I but I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I don't think I'm gonna revisit except for maybe the Bill and Frank episode, yeah. which I thought was like one of the most spectacular episodes of television of all time. Yeah, but like Bill and Frank was the great. finale. I also liked the the I'm one like, based yeah. on the expansion. I never played. I like the the Ellie, uh, you know, in school episode right. a lot. Yeah, um, but the, the, there's a but to your point, I, I would rather sit. Andor's is, is better to me. Like yeah, I think it's just better. It's better yeah, execution it of television, um, which is baffling to me. Uh, it is. I did that, not that, think it, that would it, ever happen. <laughs> it it is shocking. Where it's like, hey, what's you know on on a critics list of top five shows of the year, where a Star Wars Disney Plus series about Cassian Andor is appearing <laughs> at the top. Like if you just put that out of context to someone and you're like, what do you think about that? You'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> the guy from Rogue One is on one of the best prestige TV shows. I don't think so. It's like, it's true. Yeah. I don't know. It <laughs> happened. It exists. I was there. I witnessed it. I'm not crazy. Yeah. Wild, wild choice. A choice it made is. with no with no eye for marketing. Um, yeah, it's it would seem because I don't think you're getting a lot of yeah. Nobody knew who Andor was. Um, 
so yeah i i don't know i i hope we get more stuff like that eventually i i wish we mm-hmm. could instead of getting you know ahsoka a skeleton crew is coming out maybe skeleton crew will be disconnected but it's about a bunch of children and jude law so i don't i'm not stoked for that but to be fair it is about the actor jude law who appears in the story <laughs> yeah yeah he's, he's teleported. <laughs> now that i would actually be interested that about. would be amazing <laughs> They're like, you are in charge of all of the entertainment that is to be produced for the Galaxy Jude Law. You? And he's like, well, round me up a group of kids as my skeleton crew, and we're going to make some movies. Wasn't I soft canceled a few years ago? <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> was that a light canceling, or was that another lithe British actor? <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember. <laughs> I, I but yeah, it's some weird, weird times. And it would be it would be amazing if instead of Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett that both live in the same timeline, we had Mandalorian and, you know, I don't know, some random from the prequel era, like hanging out in the galaxy somewhere. I don't care. Um, whatever. Uh, but yeah, what, what would you rate this episode, BC, on a, on a scale of... Um, on a scale of uh, mm-hmm. Andor to mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. holiday special, well, uh, it's uh, it's it's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> you know, I'm like, it, it, it's um, I don't know. I, it's uh, it's it's closer to the holiday special than it is to Andor. I, I and, and maybe with time, I will I will come. And reevaluate that. I just it, it, for is like, hey, this is fun and entertaining, and I'll take what I can get of it. Like to me, that that almost feels worse that they're just like, you can take what you can get and you'll like it, as opposed to being like, well, why don't you give me something that I'll actually like? Um, but I, I appreciate the effort. I appreciate the attempt with what this was. But it, it I, I I will never want to go back and watch this episode. For any reason other than I'm going to have to do it because uh, Jamie's been out of town and we're going to have to watch it together. And it's like, I know that I'm going to watch it again. And I'm just like, God, it's going to be a long 50 minutes. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I It's all right. It I'm, was, I don't know. It I, was truly a joy for me just to see like New Republic symbols on stuff on Coruscant yeah. and see some like, I, I don't know. I thought it was pretty okay okay world building so i did enjoy that but i would what i was gonna say uh, just i would rather have you know a season of eight episodes that are like this and yes six of them be stinkers yeah. and get two really good ones than to keep like, doing uh, you know the same the same type of storytelling over and over which is pew pew I'd, bang bang i'd rather this be its own show you know what I mean? Like uh, the the adventures of Coruscant and the, the dystopian, amnesty. yeah, the amnesty, yeah, the program. the amnesty program show where it's like, oh, okay, well, we've got because it's in conceptually is interesting. You've got all these former Imperials who are trying to navigate their way in a world after a, a, a number of atrocities that yeah. have been committed across the galaxy for years, decades. It's like, okay, well, we've got to go back to society now. Yeah, like. Like it, 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 you know, not to compare it to Nazis again, but like it is, yeah. it is very much like, hey, Germany had to go through this as well, right? Like if, if our one to one comp is like the empire fascist to Nazi fascist, like, yes, there were, you know, uh, Germans who were just like, hey, I'm just 
just here for the ride and got swept up in this whole we're trying to conquer the world and eradicate uh you know uh, uh, lots of groups of people uh, but can i still like function in a society somehow yeah doing that in star wars is compelling it's interesting but i don't think that is it's requires a little bit more thought and effort than I think John Favreau was willing to put into one episode of the Mandalorian for it. Yeah. Like there's a lot of questions that, that I think can be asked of that, that are very interesting to me, but are not being explored. And I don't think we'll, that we're not explored in this episode that I would like to see explored in something else. And maybe we will get that. Maybe we'll never see this era again like that yeah, <laughs> Who yeah. Knows? like well that's that's <laughs> that <laughs> but yeah boy oh boy it did feel like a little slice of an eu novel um mm-hmm. uh one of those uh from a certain point of it felt like a from a certain point of view uh short story stuck yeah. in the middle of our our mando um, but if this is a season of Mandalorian dogfighting, I'm here for it too, though. Give me all the, the <laughs> yeah, CG yeah. spaceship pew pews. Uh, I wasn't a fan of um Bo Katan's ship that much until she did the little wing up spinny spinny doodah. Yeah, sure, cool. yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Mando did another the one wing, of his well, little flips with the a photon torpedo. That was cool. The wing photon up spinny doodah maneuver <laughs> made famous <laughs> by Bo Katan. <laughs> you know, her it was ship cool. is called the wing up spinny doodah. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that check it out it's on wikipedia <laughs> don't fact check me uh well i'm excited to see what happens next week bc hopefully it'll of course be, it'll be something more enjoyable for you um, well that's the thing about this show i'm always excited to see what's gonna happen this week even if i'm like that one was kind of a turn but i'm gonna tune in next week to see if something interesting you know that's always my feeling we got five more Five we do. Rats? We're almost halfway through the season, yep. which is wild. Yeah, they go quick. Yeah. Um, yeah, I rewatched a couple of season two episodes. Um, that was fun. Um, yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We got anything else we need to address before we're out of here, BC? Listen, we need to address the audience. And you all know specifically who you are. Uh-huh. I'm just uh no I don't I uh no I don't think so um but uh, to address the audience uh leave us a like leave us a subscription leave a five star review wherever Ooh, you're listening on really your podcast yeah yeah uh, we would very much appreciate that if you take take some time out of your day and hit that five star and give us a review and tell us how much you love us talking about being mostly entertained by Star Wars content. And uh, yeah, let us know what you would like to have flayed out of your mind. Um, mm. Leave your worst memory in, in the comments. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, can I just? I just want to address this. I don't, don't want to extend this too much longer. But the the early mind flay, the light mind flaying. Uh, yeah, kind of why, right. why not? Yeah, I'd go for it. <laughs> Seems nice. Put me on a three. Put the goggles <laughs> on my head. Set me on a three for an hour and a half or so, you know? Maybe we'll, yeah, next episode, maybe we'll have our minds flayed uh, before then, and you'll be talking to different versions of us, or listening to That's different right. versions of us. That's right, yeah. But yeah, until next time, I guess, bye forever. Go snoke yourselves. <laughs> <laughs>